it's me Blair W. Cohen your host of the pop Culture review hopefully you're getting this episode in tandem with the August D episode uh I just wanted to put two things out at the same time it's been a minute been going through some things so surprise um <laughs> so I had this thought uh when I had saw a suggestion video on YouTube questioning if ice spice was a industry plant and you have to know I am like not one of those people I do not get in on conspiracies about uh Hollywood and stuff it's just like I I understand what's happening but it's not for me um but with the industry plant conversation it's not new and um I know what we would describe an industry plant as and I know that there are uh derogatory connotations to it but in truth I thought to myself I'd never actually looked up the definition of an industry plant or researched it at all and I figured since I've spoken about uh payola and the weird changes from billboard you know briefly in a different episode and i've spoken about the lack of uh classic a and r these days over here in the west i felt that maybe i should approach this subject as well and do my own research and look into it and kind of form my own opinions based off of that research especially as ice spice who i actually enjoy uh has appeared on two separate songs recently with uh two very big artists who in my opinion my opinion (laughs) are using her digital popularity to benefit themselves in some way um either to jump on her coattails before the other rap girls do or you know classic uh putting a band-aid over a gaping (laughs) bad press narrative during a really good career moment for you And to be clear, I also have a long history of enjoying Nicki Minaj and enjoying Taylor Swift. And I actually was a really big fan of the 1975 in the earlier days. So watching this play out now when I'm less interested in all three of these acts is a bit weird. (laughs) And I know Taylor and Maddie are not actually together anymore, but we're still going to talk about it because it applies. It happened. So we have to talk about it. So let's start from the definition, right? So what exactly is an industry plant? According to some research, an industry plant is an artist who has a major slash indie label backing their movement, but presents themselves as a homegrown startup to create the illusion of an organic following. So some sites were saying that it derives from hip hop and some say that it's just a derogatory pot phrase. I'm going to go with the hip hop derivative more than likely and say just based off of some of the stuff I was reading, um, it was adopted. No, so it started from hip hop, then it was adopted by non pop music fans as a way to shit on pop artists and then it was re-adopted by pop stands who use it against popular artists that they simply just don't like in the name of fan wars. And I feel like even if I'm a little off, I feel like I'm probably pretty close to the truth of how we got from point A to where we are now. 
there have been lots of claims of industry plants so <laughs> some of your and my favorite artists have been labeled industry plants uh for example uh billy eilish lord lizzo lanaz x cardi harry styles doja justin bieber etc 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 the list goes on um it's a very long list if we were going to try to list everyone that is considered an industry plant currently <laughs> and what i notice about a lot of the claims that we see for those who get called industry plants is that they usually have some viral success or they had a come up in story whether that was through social media or through a reality show or something of that type and we can speak on quick success or overnight success all we want, but a lot of artists have long histories of trying to become famous or well-known and it's well-documented online. I think one of the problems we're having is defining what the general public describes as authenticity and figuring out what feels credible. Is it credible to be one Harry Styles garner this insane success and come from this mega group that was created on the x factor right mind you one direction didn't actually win the x factor they actually placed third um but the power of teenage girls in general interest is not easily manufactured no matter how hard you try um which is why we see lots of derogatory implications of being in a boy band or you know, or starting your career in one. I would argue and say that you will see lots of people who have solo careers now or who are pursuing solo efforts. And if they started in a boy band, in a boy group, um, a lot of the general public doesn't take them seriously if they know that off rip. If they come across them and just come across them, then whatever. But a lot of times we see the general public kind of, I don't want to say punishing them in a way, but using that against them as, you know, a reason not to feel interested in it or to come across them later. So anyways, Harry came from this mega group that was put together and the point was that they all auditioned as solo acts initially. And so it makes sense that they all eventually became solo acts, but no pun intended here. Harry always had the it factor. Um, people can retroactively speak on how this member did this or this member did that back then. Um, but if you weren't actually there in the trenches, you don't actually know. And if you were there and you are trying to spin the story differently than how it actually happened, I'm going to say it. You're a loser. And I see it a lot too. Like, it's just weird because it's all well documented online. There was... A point where the other members actively had to speak up for him during interviews during press during any type of situation where they had to sit down and speak to someone and people just zeroed in on him um just because he was an easy target by the media and by public interest plus he was the youngest of this group as well and i feel like a lot of people forget that <laughs> um I've spoken on this before, I recommend you dig around to find it, but because of this notable interest that the public has had with Harry since he was 16 years old, it makes sense that industry folks wanted to be, you know, the one to output his solo success first. He was highly sought after. 
just so we're clear. Um, and he was fortunate enough to get the team that he did that has allowed him to do what he wanted and has helped him push forward with the things that he, you know, wanted, that he wants to do now, especially now that he's in his late 20s. And it also accounts for him being incredibly private and very fine-tuned to the point where I think it turns people off, but there is obviously a reason for it. Um, anyways, when it comes to Billie Eilish or maybe Olivia Rodrigo or maybe even Lord, people will point fingers at Billie's personal connections to the industry or Olivia being, you know, a Disney kid or Lord being signed so young and having these failed attempts before actually getting it right on her debut album. And, you know, it's because her A&R made sure she had the proper writers to actually help her, which you would expect from a child singer i don't (laughs) like i don't know why people get upset at her for this but you know is there an authenticity here because of these reasons if i'm not mistaken all three of these women received grammys from their debut albums are they not credible because their success was spearheaded by good a and r which if you're not clear what a and r is it's artists and repertoire They usually scout and find talent, and once they find it, they are responsible for building these artists and shaping the fine details Um, a lot of the times in these situations. They can work as liaisons between artists, or they can uh, make sure artists are getting proper media training and are working with writers and producers who can nurture, you know, their talents properly. But my point is, where exactly is the line? Are we upset because labels are doing what they've always done, which is create pop stars and megastars, you know, cleaning them up and presenting them to the world nice and shiny? Are we upset that within that, even if an artist has a sad backstory, that they get to use that story while being nice and polished now? Are we upset that Lizzo has spoken about being homeless for a point in time in her life, while she also has mentioned the fact that Prince saw potential in her? Can both of these things not be true at the same time? Or is she an industry plant because she doesn't fit what a lot of people want a female pop star to be or look like? What about Lil Nas X, an ex-big Stan Twitter account who released Old Town Road first as a video game music video for Red Dead Redemption, and it just happened to go viral? To the point where everyone was obsessed with that song and were seemingly allowing this all to happen with the implication, the assumption <laughs> that he'd be a one-hit wonder, allowing it because they thought he would just fade away. And when he officially came out as gay, then he suddenly was considered an industry plant. So all the super conservatives who thought it was a fun little song that their kids loved suddenly felt, you know, a kind of betrayal from not only Liz- from not only Lil Nas X, but from Billy Ray Cyrus for being on the remix for putting Nas in a position to be a bigger star and then the homophobia ran rampant so he played it up in their faces and managed to secure multiple hits he had a great album with great features for his first album and won some Grammys behind it is that why he's an industry plant is that why you think he's an industry plant hmm Or one of my favorite examples is Cardi B, who is known on social media for, you know, some of her greatest hits like A Ho Never Gets Cold and eventually ending up on a VH1 reality show and being the fan favorite. 
then she drops bodak yellow which of course you cannot escape that song for a solid year and a half she carried on her feature with the city girls when jt was in prison she managed to have such a great come up in story and it and did it while being able to work with other artists and utilize the things happening to her in the media in real time as ammo is it because someone else wrote for her but the flow the delivery the you know star quality is all cardi is that an industry plant to you solely is she that because people wanted her authenticity to be framed by who they thought she should be which was you know her never taking these big opportunities to be a megastar and attend major entertainment industry events because she needed to stay the old cardi from the bronx i personally just think that you know the idea of authenticity is subjective in this scenario in these cases and we're never actually going to agree because everyone has a different definition or understanding of what they feel is authentic from uh, musical acts. What we can agree on though is that regardless if you like an artist or the song that they put out, if the general public likes it or they built fan loyalty behind it, then that's just that. You cannot, and I mean this genuinely, cannot build fan loyalty inorganically. It will never last. It will always fall away. It is something that is constantly attempted, and it rarely works. It will always unstitch itself. It will never last, and you can always see it when it happens. And this is because fans are fickle. And they will go where they feel comfortable enough to give their loyalty. And at any point, they can take it back. The sooner that an artist, the sooner that a label, the sooner that even you as a fan becomes aware of this, the better. The loyalty is not required to be permanent. Just like artists don't owe you certain things beyond their job sphere of making music um giving quality shows and things of that nature you don't owe loyalty to anybody either just because you're you're a fan you don't have to like something because you're a fan because if there is one thing an artist wants and a label wants is to be able to fill a venue full of people willing to buy merch and expensive tickets to see a performance (laughs) And they want you to do it over and over again. And they want you to come back and do it in a couple years. And they want you to be able to do this for years and sustain this for years. Artists want genuine fans and labels want loyal fans. And if we're basing all this on the definition of industry plants, that becomes a gamble. That is high risk, low reward versus low risk, high reward for like paying a radio station to play a song constantly or making a song viral. Do you get what I mean? So when we call someone an industry plant, we really do have to peel back the layers and see what is actually happening behind the scenes. Who is filling stadiums? Who is filling arenas? Who has a loyal fan base that is coming out to see them? And does that correlate with what is happening on the radio? 
does that correlate with what is happening on the billboard charts we really have to ask ourselves this if this is the conversation that we're going to continue to have about industry plants and who is on who is authentic who is genuine who is credible who you should be listening to based off of those things right the most authentic thing that an artist can have regardless if you know they lied about their backstory or they come from a well-off family or they're a nepo baby or they came from a build a star show the authenticity comes from fans you cannot create fake fans to show up to these shows to these venues to these big venues especially you can buy you can bulk buy albums can bulk buy tickets but if no one is showing up for those shows or is streaming those songs or whatever it it doesn't matter if the streams don't match if the sales don't match it does not matter when i say sales i mean sales of tickets it does not matter it doesn't matter if you go to a show and every it's it's almost empty or there's a chunk of the crowd that's missing and i know that we can say oh let's just take it master no no if you are a very big act okay for example, if you're a really big act and people say you're a really big act and you are constantly um, on the top of the charts, your streams are high and, you know, uh, people are saying that you are the biggest thing walking, you are getting radio airplay, you are on all these shows doing interviews about how big you are. But you have a world tour and the tickets have been on sale for X amount of time and they're not at the very at least 50% of the tickets are gone. At least. I'm giving you that at least. Does that not sound strange? Because loyal fans are going to buy the tickets regardless and the labels know that and Ticketmaster knows that. Let me tell you something. (laughs) This is not my proudest moment. The first time I went to a One Direction show, I spent almost $500 on a ticket because I bought it off of someone and I learned my lesson. But my point is I was willing to do whatever to go to that show. The first time I saw Beyonce live, I wanted to be in the pit so bad, but I cannot afford it. I waited too late. I cannot afford it. So I bought whatever ticket I could just so I could be there. When I saw Five Seconds of Summer, I needed to be there. We made sure we had a system in play to make sure we got those tickets. And you best believe that I'm not already saving money in the event that when BTS does return for their comeback to make sure that I can not only go to one show and have decent seats, but go to multiple shows and have decent seats. I am preparing now. That is loyalty as a fan. I can admit I'm a loyal fan. I've done the same thing for Harry. I've paid, you know, money, saved it, had a plan with friends or by myself to make sure, to ensure I could be there. So when you are a big act and your fans are not finding a way to get to your show, even if the tickets are well-priced, that should be concerning. That is where things get suspicious. I'm not saying that's the industry plan. I'm just saying that's just 
lies and fallacy at some point. That's who we need to pay attention to. And it happens a lot. And it happens right in front of us. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but no, like it really does. But that's why it's hard for me to see the term industry plant as something even remotely legitimate because you can always tell within the broad boundaries of those definitions we're gonna start looking at most acts you know consider industry plants because they're gonna be missing something you know it's never going to be exactly the way you want it to be it's never going to be that there are only a few artists that can supersede all of those things and i think i mentioned a few of them just in me talking you know what i'm saying we do need to look at certain artists who you know their labels are pushing out a certain um idea of who they are and what they can do despite what is actually happening but a lot of times you know i don't i still don't think i would consider them an industry planet so do you not deserve a grammy for you know a great song if your backstory isn't authentic enough do you do you not deserve fan loyalty if your label put proper a and r behind you it's just kind of silly now the authenticity of the grammys is another story for another day but we'll you know (laughs) but the reality is we're all about the grammy awards until our faves have them i can't stand the grammys but i love that beyonce is the most decorated grammy award winner in history but i also know how they play in bts's face all day they play in those boys' faces every single year since they've been going to the show, since they've been nominated. So where does Ice Spice fall into all of this? And why did I mention her in the first place? I don't think she's an industry plant at all. I think she's had viral moments, but she hasn't had a chance to properly lean into her own success yet because other artists are using her to benefit themselves. You have to understand Munch isn't even a year old. It wasn't even a two-minute song. It went viral for a myriad of reasons. Uh, Then with Boys a Liar, think about who she collaborated with. Pink Panthers is a great artist who is very low-key, and she really carried on that song. Quite literally, it's been a long time since I've seen um, the main artist and the feature artist carry kind of cohesively in one track. Because you can think of Ice Spice's song. You can think of Ice Spice's verse. He said it, I'm good enough. Good enough, good enough. Like that whole part. And then that boy's a liar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think about both. You don't just think about one or the other. And so it's like clear she didn't demand much from Ice Spice because, in my opinion, in a way, they were more evenly matched. But I'm also thinking about how uh, Pink Panthers is moving at a pace at the moment that seems to nurture her artistry and putting her in positions that match her vibe, you know? Like, it makes sense that she's on the Barbie soundtrack. Does she not sound like she should be on the Barbie soundtrack? Have you heard that girl's voice? Have you seen her? She's adorable. Like, she, of course she needs to be on this, on the soundtrack or in, you know, just on the score for this film. But think about how long we truly got to enjoy Bikini Bottom or In Her Mood from Ice Spice before bigger celebrities were attempting to capitalize off of her success because she had catchy phrases in her songs or she was always viral on the clock app. Like, there's nothing wrong with the daughter of a notable reality star slash business lady 
and a rapper slash producer being interested in Ice Spice. But it became a big thing after it was posted online, right? And I guess that's fine. She got to be in a Skims campaign, but she also got to be in an Ivy Park campaign without all the extra shenanigans, you know? Like, to me, the Ice Spice video with Kim and Northwest was just so odd and I didn't I saw recently that Kim mentioned something about Kanye being right about how I don't know or I don't know she I don't know if she backtracked or not because I didn't actually watch the interview because I, I genuinely don't care but uh just the fact that I think from what I saw of the headline which could be very misleading was that she was agreeing with Kanye that it probably wasn't the best idea or something like that but whatever she got a skims campaign out of Ice Spice though right (laughs) and it's like do this thing for me and I'll let you have this you know moment versus have this moment because you're popping right now kind of how Ivy Park did which Ivy Park is notable for doing they are known for doing this you know Beyonce isn't requiring anybody to be on a song with her or to feature on their song or you know to make all these personal like tiktok videos <laughs> and stuff with them for them to be a part of the ivy park campaign are you popping or are you not cool cool we both benefit but you definitely get the shine here more because people you're the one that's going to be trending because you did this campaign and that's exactly what happened So when it comes to one particular female rapper, it wouldn't be an issue at all if this was not her MO at this point, where she hops on a song quickly with a new rap girl in exchange for, I don't know, loyalty and a giant rap beef that is very tired at this point. Doesn't mean she can't work with artists who this lady doesn't like. We don't know yet. But even if it's not true, there's an implication, you know, that it might be or that it could be a problem in the future that she might turn on her. And you have to think about how old Ice Spice is compared to some of her peers. She's she's not that old. She's like, what, 23, 22? She's pretty young. Or when it comes to a very big pop star who is dating an indie pop star who says some really nasty things about Ice Spice, and now this big pop star puts her on the remix to a song, and she just feels like a prop for spin on a Rocky Media narrative. And when I say spin, I mean media spin. Um, It puts the situation at a place that says all is forgiven and you should move past it too. You being the audience or the person watching this all play out. And of course, in general, it targets, you know, SEO and Google search bars. So if you are searching for this incident, you're going to eventually start running into chatter about the song rather than the incident. Um... In an evil, villainous celeb way, it's genius on both fronts for both of these particular artists. In a moral way, it's very weird. But for all it's worth, I didn't actually like the song Karma (laughs) or the album Midnight's at all. Um, And this was prior to Ice Spice on the record. I personally feel like regardless of how you feel about Taylor, she's made better albums and better songs. So I don't hold it against her. I was just a little disappointed. Um, But the remix was just not good either. However, the Princess Diana remix was a great. But I also think it's because the song itself was great prior to the remix as well. And Nicki didn't necessarily take away anything from Ice Spice on this song. Am I still weary about the implications of them collabing and having another one on the way? Yes. But I can be honest and say what sounded good to me and what did not. 
Um, one song did nothing for Ice Spice and the other is viral again. One song made her a prop, the other kind of hyped her up. You know what I mean? We can admit that. And that's totally fine. What I hope happens for Ice Spice is that she can eventually get back to whatever path she is intended to be on for herself and not as a stepping stone for someone else and their own thing, rather her thing. She's only 23 and I just feel like she's being used weirdly as a pawn. And I feel like this started to happen with Doja and Megan as well uh, within the first two years that the public found them interesting. Not at the start of their careers, but when the public found interest in them both. However, Doja was out rapping on every feature she was put on. So she outshined damn near everyone who wanted her on a feature with them and Meg just has far more star quality and public interest than most of her counterparts and peers on top of being able to rap incredibly well and her freestyles are just incredibly like notable it's like her thing you know what i'm saying it's not so common these days for uh, a mainstream rap girl or anyone's freestyles to be um a selling point for them sorry uh, <laughs> so she's one of the few that does it incredibly well and still maintains doing it well. So there is big fan loyalty behind both of these women that early in their mainstream careers, um, you can see where other artists were trying to capitalize off of that growing interest in them, but it didn't work. The other artists or celebs involved usually had to take the backseat to them. Like think about the song with Ariana. Um, it was already hella popular, but them being on the remix was more about them at that point than her. And personally, I can only think of the only one of the other features that Doja has done, I guess it was the SZA song, right? Where they were evenly matched, right? Where Doja's part was memorable and SZA's part was memorable and they just work incredibly well together, right? It's kind of like the Ice Spice Pink Panthers thing. Like when you find someone who evenly matches you and you're not overpowering them on the song and they're not overpowering you on the song, it just kind of works. And, you know, I don't know. But again, it's rare for that to happen. SZA is someone who just always pairs well with the rap girls in general, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, we've talked about SZA before. Um, Anyways, I hope that these things can happen for Ice Spice too. Um, I hope that she can forge her own path well enough on her own first to the point where when this does happen again, she is the sole benefactor here. You know what I mean? It's not to say the female drill market doesn't have anything, but as far as mainstream US goes, I feel like she's a direct go-to for most or a direct introduction for a lot of people and she should be able to start you know bringing on more people with her rather than bigger artists trying to kind of like pick from her while she's in the spotlight right now because let's say that she kind of phased out the spotlight for a bit let's say she's working on her second album and she's taking some time to herself what happens then? Do people care? Are people inviting her to be on tracks with her? Are the same artists that, you know, are like on her coattails now, are they inviting her to be on their albums and stuff like that while she's not doing anything or while she's not as popular at the moment? 
what happens then? So personally, I don't think there is a definitive way to describe an industry plant anymore in the digital age. Everyone is popular from, you know, virality in some way and fan loyalty will always triumph over any, you know, speculations. But artists have to be able to build it first. They have to be given room to build it. And the reality is it rarely happens overnight. I don't care what you say. It just doesn't. It takes time and it takes trust between both fan and artist. The fan loyalty conversation and the same culture conversation is a whole different topic that a lot of people don't actually understand, uh, but only but they only see the negative effects of years worth of celebrityism and the rise of the digital age and how much information and opinions we process in one city now and how it's done a number on us. You are being overstimulated and that is why it feels like too much at times. Um, especially when fan loyalty has existed like forever. And the plight of digital stand culture is at least 20 years old now. So I can get into that in a different episode one day. I just think it's important we speak about these things even if it's, you know, rather briefly. We can hold open dialogue about these things. And you may feel that there are industry plans and that's totally fine. Um, I don't mind that you feel one way and I feel another way we can uh agree to disagree or like I said the open dialogue is there anyways this was my episode if you have not already please go listen to my August C episode it should be out around the time that this goes up so if it's not out already uh it'll be out within a day or two I'm going to try to edit these around the same time so hopefully you will get them both um in tandem and at that point, I should be caught up to my BTS solo stuff before uh, Jungkook and V start releasing stuff as well, which I think that will pretty much cap out the end of the year with uh, with those two on top of some other stuff. Um, so yeah, so of course there is much to get into over the summer and we're going to try to check out some new releases and we're going to try some new things, some new episode ideas, maybe where we just kind of... I don't pressure myself to do these long profile style review episodes and we just kind of I just kind of talk about what I like right now um there's quite a bit of artists who have released recently some k-pop acts that I usually uh would not be that into that I'm super into now so uh we could have a k-pop episode and talk about what I like at the moment what I don't like at the moment I probably won't talk about what I don't like but I will talk about what I like um (laughs) And additionally to that, I'm going to try to uh, get on Amped and plan that properly. I don't know. Having a set schedule for Amped is kind of iffy. We just need to have the Amp app. So, and follow Blair W. Cohen. And uh, then you'll see when I go live. So, yeah. (laughs) So, as usual, in case no one has told you today, I love you and I care about you. Take care of yourself and do something nice for yourself today and tomorrow. Hopefully it's not raining anywhere that you are and you can actually enjoy the summer weather um so yeah until next time friends bye